Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. Well, maybe it's evening or middle of the night for you. (laughs) It's early for us. Good morning. Welcome to the Full Cup. Uh, I am Libby Switzer, your host, and I am sitting here today with my dad, Craig Berthold. Hi, Dad. Hey, nice to see you. Glad you came up. It is early morning, though, really early. Yes, it is early. We got to cram it in when we can. We got busy lives. Okay, so to start off today, I have been receiving quite a few questions over the last while. So, Ooh. oh, exciting. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm going to start with this one from I'm not going to say who it's from. Maybe they don't want me to. I I sure appreciate your podcast. My buddy blankety blank said I should check it out. The full cup is now my therapy in between my regular therapy sessions. I'm trying to I'm trying by doing the gratitude exercise. It's difficult, but I can feel a change when I shift my focus to be more grateful. Your dad makes so much sense, and I hope that I can internalize the things he's talked about. I've never known unconditional love, and so it's hard to imagine that God loves me like that. Oh, this isn't a question. (laughs) We'll go on. Well, this will just be a good comment. I am really grateful that you're recording your dad like this to share with everyone else. When I was driving my kids around yesterday, I found 10 things I was grateful for. Your dad and you were on the list. Thanks again. Oh, well, that's nice. And makes me cry. And and that's hard to find 10 things to be grateful for when you're full of a car with kids. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, question number one. I'm wondering if at some point in these episodes, there could be some more information about how your dad resolved his relationships with his stepmom and dad. Uh, it's, it's his birth dad, but his stepmom. Yes. Okay. It is so painful to think of little Craig, teenager Craig, having to lose his mom and then struggle with this stepmom and not have his dad do much from what it sounds like to protect him. Your dad has spoken of currently a loving relationship, despite already going over the potential to love even the most difficult people through emotional independence. It would be helpful to hear how he did it with them or how it went down. I have a similar figure in my life. And while it is not distressing to me in the way it used to be, if it's not too personal, and obviously you don't owe us any information you don't want to give, I have a couple of friends who are also mind blown and wonder how these relationships were repaired. Yeah, sure. I mean, that, that's, that's what, therapy is all about. Uh, that's what I had to learn in my own life as a, as a boy, as a young man. Uh, please know this, with the struggles that I went through with my mother, I love her very much today. But when I was a child, when I was a teenager, uh, I, I could probably even say I hated her. And she said the same thing to me quite regularly. So I didn't feel very good when I was young. So what happened is I wandered around bitterly angry and I protected myself off all the traditional defensive templates that we've talked about before. And we're going to talk more later. I was angry. I was bitter. I would run away. I would hide. I would do all of those things. But after a while, as I grew up, I came to realize that it's up to me what I think. And it's up to me what I feel. I actually can learn what Viktor Frankl taught us when he said, you Nazis can do what you will to me. You can torture me. You can kill my mother, kill my wife. But it took him three and a half years before he finally said, whatever they do to me physically, it's up to me what I think and feel. And I will tell you, when you finally understand that, that becomes a miracle. 
because then you realize, oh my goodness, no matter what the world does to me, it is ultimately up to me how I'm going to feel about this. I'm going to enjoy the blue sky. I'm going to enjoy this, this, this. And what I recognized years ago, and I tried to teach people in my office, I call all ill health, all toxicity, all nastiness, all the horrible things that we treat when I was doing those child protection for years, I just call it purple. And everybody has shades of purple. Some it's really sick purple stuff. I'm cleaning up my language. Uh, purple. I'll say it, shitty purple stuff. <laughs> it can be horrible. And you can be bitter. And you learn to protect yourself as a child. You learn to protect yourself. You run away. You hide. Or you watched your mom. Or you watched how she protected herself. She yelled. She screamed. She did all of those kinds of things. Until you finally get free, which is the greatest DT. It's also the greatest gift. It's agency. We're going to talk more about that in a few minutes. And once you get free, it's like, oh, my goodness, I have this incredible miracle of insight, of freedom, of emotional independence. Soon after that, you'll find, not immediately, it didn't come to me immediately, but within a year I found myself saying, I actually feel sorry for my mother and she suffered so much purple. The background she came from, from an alcoholic father who was extremely abusive to her. She never got free. She was still carrying her hurt and her pain and sorrow. And she would still blast herself and use all of her DTs to protect herself. And I started to feel empathy for her. And I recognized, I'm so sorry that my mother had so much purple and had to live with this all of her life. So not only do you get free from it, you find that you can actually start feeling empathy for them, even sympathy at times, but you can start to understand what they're going through. You can understand the difficulties that they go through, and you come to recognize that that must have been horribly awful, but you get wisdom from it, and you can love her. And, and I found myself being able to love my mother and, and, and put my arm around her and say, Mom, I'm sorry you're going through this stuff, hoping that one day she would leave those old purple places, learned some uh -huh. new healthy DTs, but she seemed to stay in that most of her life. And it took you a lot, big part of your life to get to that point. Like, I think this person is, you know, they're, it's like, how did you do that? Well, for one, it didn't just happen overnight. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, let's go there for a minute. I remember the first time I was about 11, I think, 11 or 12. My dad was out of town, and she came and bloodied my nose and beat me up pretty good and threw me out and said I couldn't live there anymore. And I ran out of the house, standing on the driveway. She was chasing me, and I was out on the end of the driveway crying, and she was screaming she wouldn't come out of the garage, but in her purple, she was spewing purple. And as I sat there looked at her, all of a sudden this feeling came across me, and it went, my mom's being purple, kind of crazy. I don't have to let this mess with me. I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down to the, the Tingies, the Red Barn. I'm going to go out and weed onions, and that day I'll get paid. And then I'll go down to the coffee shop there and get myself a burger and sneak home, get my dog, and head up in the mountains. I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just came over. Whoa, I can learn this. Now, did I love her then? No, I ached, I hurt, I wanted to hate her, I wanted everybody else to hate her, 
but by the time I was 30, so what's that, about 18 years? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I started to learn it probably probably in my uh, mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. I started to understand I'm not letting her mess with me. I'm so sorry that she's had to go through purple all of her life. I'm going to love her. I would always hope, and that, that was part of the dilemma that we have, when we get free and we want to help those people we love, and we want to teach them and say, please, you don't have to go through your life with carrying that purple forever. Sometimes they never do. Yeah. And you can't get frustrated at that because the principle of agency is, once again, who's the only one that can fix me, Libby? You. Who's the only one that can fix my mother? She is. That's right. And that's what you come to. But you to can help her. You can help her. You can be an example. You can love whoever she is, whether it's your neighbor, whether it's your husband, whether it's your mother, your father, or whoever. And, and the, the most incredible thing, I think, is once you've taken the purple and turned it to wisdom, yeah. it's moving from emotional dependency into emotional independence. So thank you. I did ask this question to Rachel last week, but it was um, proposed to you, I believe. So will you ask your dad if there's a process or even even the need of it to get free from yourself, like forgiving yourself for mistakes and all the dumb stuff we do, then ultimately be able to love yourself once you are free from yourself. It sounds crazy, but it popped in my head while listening. Once you started the neural pathway, do you remember we talked about the deer trails? Yes. One, or, or the canyon with the uh, in the mound of uh, the canyon, the mound of dirt on the driveway. Okay, mm-hmm. that's called a neural pathway. Once you've done that any place, and that's where I start in my office, I'll start with somebody, maybe maybe they're 40, and we go back to junior high. Remember that person hurt your feelings? Yeah. And we put them in the chair and say, I'm not going to let you hurt me anymore. I'm 44 years of age. I'm not going to let a 12-year-old kid mess with me anymore. Move back, the little kid says, gosh, this 40-year-old woman, I can't mess with anymore. Well, sometimes she can for a while still, by right. the way. But when she finally says, I'm not going to let her mess with her, sits back, the little girl says, I believe you. I can't mess with you anymore. And she sits there and goes, I just did it. That's the accomplishment. It's called agency. It is the greatest gift we have been given. To me, it's the greatest DT. The greatest greatest insight we can ever learn is whatever the world does to us, it's up to us to decide how we're going to feel about that. But that is not the way we're raised. Right. We're raised to use our old DTs. Right. So... You turn it to wisdom. You get free. Even you start way back then, and you start there, 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 and you start building it. This place, this place, this place. Then you might go to the the high school teacher who was mean, or the boyfriend or the girlfriend who was rotten to you, or that person or that person or that person. And each turn, you keep building. I'm going to get free from that one. I'm going to get free from that one. The most greatest miracle for me was when I finally came to an understanding. It was a creation that you have to believe yourself. It's not... Jesus Christ, it's your faith in Jesus Christ. Right. A lot of people are saying, when is God going to forgive me? When am I going to feel forgiveness? And they're asking God to whisper, hey, I forgave you. But it's not that. It's your faith in Christ that I trust that he's taken this from me. Yeah. And when you feel it washed, that's when you turn into a Jesus freak like me. Yeah. Like your, your dad. Well, and I think when I think of like God or Jesus, God is God because of my faith, because of my belief. There is no fact 
It's faith. You're right. You can't it, prove it. Except, it's faith. Except you've had hundreds and thousands yes. of people tell you stuff. Yes. This is the way it is. <laughs> and you remember we talked about earlier how our perception of our supreme yes. being comes from our earliest authoritative figure, usually our father. So if your dad's a jerk, you might grow up thinking, well, God's a jerk. Right. So you got to have to decide and you have to break free. And you finally realize, I'm not going to put my trust in anything with flesh. Yeah. Only in him. And I'm going to trust that he loves me no matter what, even in my duality. Right. Yeah, I bet a lot of your, maybe, I don't know, a lot of your um, sessions or people you visit with, it's like a time in their life when they're having a new type of God or relationship with God or like, I feel like that's probably a really big thing. I'm not trying to talk (laughs) them into be Mormon. I'm not trying to talk them into be Catholic or Jewish. What I'm saying to them create a belief system and a supreme mean if they ask me i tell them about mine i'm nuts about the church of jesus christ i'm nuts about this but that's just me you have to decide but a lot of people are very hesitant to look at that too because they've had so many people say well it's this way it's that way it's this way and you've got to decide for yourself yeah you do and when you start talking inside to yourself and decide that you are loved you might find some real miracles start to occur inside yeah Okay, last question. I think it kind of goes along with the last one. I can't thank you enough for doing this. Please imagine me giving you the sincerest and most grateful of handshakes. Agency and love have never felt so important to me. I feel a need to be free, but I've been having a hard time discovering who or even what I need to be free from. My parents are wonderful and flawed. I've known that for a long time. I think their hands are off my steering wheel. I'm not sure whose hands remain on my steering wheel. Is it possible to have to free yourself from the the world and its expectations? Can they have their hands on my steering wheel? Can I do it? I think she just gave the answer. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Yes. I think this is a guy. But anyway, okay. Okay. Can they have their hands on my steering wheel? Can I do a gestalt with an idea or a thing like the world? In the world, specifically in movies, I'm shown an ideal or a fantasy of what people can be like, and I feel a lot of pressure to fill up to that fantasy. I don't think it comes from my parents. I can't think of anything they've done to make me have those feelings. So can I or should I focus my attention on being on freeing myself from the world? Because let me tell you, it feels like the world has some Shaquille O'Neal-sized hands. Yeah, he he knows the answer there. (laughs) No, I I also would like to respond a little bit to what he said. I think everybody has this task in this life. Everybody at every turn is captive to certain things, and the idea, can I get free? Uh, And and whether it be society, whether it be money, it doesn't doesn't have to be a person, whether it can be the bill collector, whether it be the dog that bit me, or whether the disease that I have, the cancer patient that I saw here recently, you know, we can put all of those things, put them in the chair. That's, that's doing it in a gestalt kind of helping it do consciously and unconsciously. But once you've created this neural pathway of freedom, you can start developing that in all aspects of your life. The thing I have to emphasize once again, what goes with it has got to be love. Yeah. Please understand that the, the love is the barometer of your freedom. If I can only love Shaquille on a clay, uh, you know, on my head, on the steering wheel uh, at, a, at a five, then I can only be free. I'm only free at a five. But if I can truly get free from and know, I get to think for myself. I get to decide what I feel, what I think. Now I can love all of these things because I'm that free from them. 
Okay. Once again, the greatest gift we have been given, the greatest, I use it as a DT, defensive template, is agency. Now, we can call it agency. We can call it emotional independence. It's, it's learning to take charge of your own life. And to me, it is without question the greatest gift we've ever been given. Yeah. So let me, let me one more thing. You were talking about getting free and loving and that barometer. Say that again. The barometer of our freedom is our love. We say it can go, they go hand in hand. That's the, thank you. I'm glad you reminded me of this. A lot of people just get the freedom down. I don't let my parents bother me anymore. I don't let them bother me anymore. I don't let them bother me. Oh, this is wonderful. But I don't love them. Right, oh. right. Or how about this? I don't let that old stuff mess with me. I don't let that old stuff that I did bother me. I'm free from all the dumb stuff that I've done. But do I really love me? But if I can truly get free, then I can say, if I'm really free, the barometer to tell me if I'm really free is my love. I love me now more than ever because I know I'm done with that. And how do you get free from it once again? You turn the crap to, to wisdom. wisdom. <laughs> I think we should start like a... Um a store that sells like merch merchandise yeah. and we'll sell a bumper sticker that says turning shit to wisdom. <laughs> okay. So let's get into today. We are talking about defensive templates and which everyone should know what they are, but you can give a quick review. I'm going to start from the beginning. I'm going to talk about Sigmund Freud. Okay. Uh, back at the turn of the century, uh, he taught us about what we call defense mechanisms. You remember that in your psychology class? Uh-huh. Remember some of the terms for, for defense mechanisms? No. Denial. I didn't do it. <laughs> Something okay. like that. Or or projection. I, you did it. I didn't do that. You did that. I'll project it on somebody else. Okay. Reaction formation, sublimation. There's all of these 15 or 20 different ways he said, this is how we protect ourselves in our lives. Okay. Well, come up about 20 years ago, oh, 30 years ago now, the neurolinguistic people came up and said, hey, there are uh, defense mechanisms, but they changed it a little bit. They called them defensive templates. Uh-huh. These are neurological, because they're in our unconscious, or our system, our electrical system. Neurological, unconscious, unconscious, they happen automatically. They are defensive, they protect us, and they're a template that we then use to construct our personality, and they're an electrical pattern called a schematic. So it's neurological, unconscious, defensive, templated, schematic, okay? We'll just call them DTs. That's almost the same thing as defense mechanisms. Yes. Now, it is my belief today that 99% of the way that we protect ourselves are toxic defensive templates. Uh Well, I think just when I think of protecting myself, I think of putting up a wall. Yeah. That's the best way to do that, to like cut someone off, block someone out. But... That's not typically something you do with love. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Let's talk about you and I. Okay, I'll give a couple. Uh, you've talked about put up a wall. Okay. How about I'm going to ignore those people. I'm not going to talk to them. Yes. That protects me. You don't have to talk yeah. to them. But I'm really going to put up a wall and never even address. No, I, I'm going to hate them. Yeah, Some okay. People hate That's people. different. I, I think, just like I think it's person. okay to, and I think it can be good to just ignore. To walk away. Whatever. Sure. But yeah, yeah the hate. I don't love that. What are some other things? Did I learn to yell oh, from my yeah. mother? Yes. Th- screaming the F-bomb or yelling or doing all that. I think I told you I called mine my black defensive template. My mother would yell and swear at me and tell me she hated me, those kinds of things. We'll call that my black defensive 
template, uh-huh. raging profanity and a tough guy. Uh-huh. Was that a real healthy defensive template? No. Mm-mm. That was pure toxicity. Right. I wonder what would have happened if I would have gone to what I call the white defensive templates. Yeah. Loving them. Not being affected by what they were doing. Walking away. Being kind to them. Talking, communicating. Making friends. Uh, Would that have been a much more effective defensive template? Yes. This is what all of the theologies have told us for thousands of years. It's about loving. It's about forgiveness. It's one of the greatest gifts that we've already been given is the gift of agency that's in all of us. Call it, if you don't like the religious, call it the psychology, emotional independence. So it is my belief as animals... We learn early in our lives how to protect ourselves. We learn it watching our parents. We learn it as they protected themselves. We learn that if I really get scared, my mother stopped yelling at me. Is it possible that this might create (laughs) anxiety? And we're starting to understand, and next week we're going to talk about my perspective on anxiety and depression, serious illnesses that people suffer with all of their lives. They learned as a DT early in their lives how to protect themselves. When they came out of the womb, they were frightened. As a matter of fact, if you go back 50, 60 years ago, and even today people say it, some of the gurus have told us the basic motivator of all human beings is fear. And what do we suffer with in our world today? People are filled with anxiety. Why? Because they feel the fear and they go into all of the toxic defensive templates that they've used. They yell, they scream, they run and hide, they take medication, they do this, 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 and they protect themselves with a hundred carnal temporal ways of protecting themselves with these red carnal defensive templates. And yet throughout all of our lives, we have been taught about White DTs, forgive them. I'm going to let it go. Mm-hmm. Love them. I don't have to let what they've said affect me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be a tough guy and the carnal animal part of me that wants to fight with you. How many husbands get mad at their wives? How many wives? Well, I'm not going to put up with this crap, so I'll tell him. I'm not putting up with this. I'm not going to let him say that to me. Well, he might say it to you. Do you have to be affected by it? Well, yes. No, you don't. You can learn to say, I'm not going to let that mess with me. And the amazing thing, what we've learned in psychology, is if that behavior that I'm engaging in, uh, let's call it a toxic purple red DT, and I'm using that, and it makes people fearful, it makes people cry, it makes me, I'm going to keep doing it. But if it doesn't have any effect, first of all, the person will crank up their DT. And if it still doesn't work, guess what they usually do? They will extinguish that behavior. Yeah, Especially if they're given forgiveness and love and gratitude. I mean, these are some of the things that we've talked about. We've got love, which is one of the major keys. We talked about last time how that helps. Agency is psychology. It's emotional independence. I'm not going to let that affect me today when she says this. What about forgiveness? Now, it's pretty hard to forgive somebody, especially when they're going to do it again next week. Mm-hmm. And how many people do you know who forgive? I say, it's so hard to forgive. 
okay, I've forgiven my husband. I've forgiven my father. Oh. I've forgiven them. And then next week, guess what happens? The parent does the same thing. And they go, oh, do I have to forgive them again? Yeah. But if you have something in place of that, agency, then it's easier to forgive. It is my belief that forgiveness is just a subtitle of agency. Forgiveness is I'm so free from you now, I can forgive you. I'm not going to let it affect me. Yeah. How about just learning something? Even though you're upset, I'm not going to let this mess with me. I'm going to go in the other room and say, wow, a couple of weeks ago, I think you said in one of our, in one of our what do they call this, radio things, you're going to learn from when I yelled at you that you're going to learn I don't want to yell at my kids. Oh, yeah, anymore. I forgot about that one. Yeah. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is that's what we do. We start to learn the white, the, the, yeah. the spiritual the 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 good DTs, the healthy defensive templates. And if we demonstrate that to our children, they learn to protect themselves by more appropriate forgiveness, letting go, not being affected to it. And and then how about this one? We talked about this earlier today. Gratitude. When you're really feeling empty or somebody's just attacked you, what happens if you just so well I'm not very grateful for him right now, but I like my new shoes. And it was cold outside, and so I went out, I put my boots on, and my feet didn't even get cold this morning. Mm -hmm. And when I got in the truck, I turned it on, and literally, this is amazing, this used truck that Lincoln sold me, it has a heater in the seat. I flipped the switch. Within two minutes, my back and butt are warm now from the heater in the seat. Oh, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Having gratitude. How about just prayer and talking to somebody? If there's no one to talk to, say, Yo, Dad, we got to talk for a minute and talk to your Heavenly Father. Yeah. And just have a chat with him. As long as he will always love you and he's, you don't, not reading him through the one that says, God hates me and all that. Right. Kind of yeah. Well, I have a, I just had a conversation the other day with a friend who um, has, grew up pretty strict religious beliefs around God and kind of started living a different way than what the church taught her and so kind of removed herself from God. Mm -hmm. And she recently has a friend who um, is very strong Christian in Texas, just very passionate about Jesus Christ. And well, they prayed and she said it was so interesting. It was such an interesting prayer. They were talking to Jesus like he was their friend. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. That's, and she was like, it was so foreign to me, you know, like I feel like, I need to be on my knees. I need to have my head bowed. I need to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing to even, you know, be in his presence, basically, was her perception. And this friend that she, that has a different view and a different way of believing is teaching her that just talk to him. He's your friend. And it's amazing. And um, anyway, I just was listening thinking absolutely it would be hard to believe in a god that just was mad at me all the time i i don't i don't want that so i would change my belief system to be more like her friends and i was grateful for her friend and that cool example that she And if used. that was your earliest experience of alleged loving parent mm -hmm. or were condemning or angry or always disappointed or always saying oh you're going to get in trouble or you can't do this you can't do god's going to be disappointed i'm disappointed in it how do they grow up thinking, oh, no, I'm no good? Oh, Until yeah. you finally come to realize, he says, 22 years drinking, 
heavily. Right. Did God still love me, Libby? Yeah. I didn't figure that out until I was 28, 29 years of age. And with a couple of years, knowing that, I said, I don't need to drink anymore because I'm loved. Mm-hmm. No matter what I've ever done, no matter how foul, no how matter what rotten, he understands that all of us have this duality, mm-hmm. this struggle that goes on between the divine, pure spirit and this carnal, physical, temporal, <laughs> animalistic being attached to the spirit. That's why we're here is to go, remember, <laughs> you put your finger in your cheek. Oh, to yeah. learn stuff. That's why, blessed be the day of God for through my transgressions, my eyes are open. Yeah. He really does love me. He will wash all of this off with me. And who gets to keep all the wisdom from the garbage he washes off? You. Yeah. I get to keep it. So that's all I wanted to emphasize today is all of us have defensive templates. That's how yeah. we learn to protect ourselves. Freud talked about them. I believe that's what we do. We walk, go through earth, either being trying to protect ourselves with red DTs, which uh-huh. I believe are pretty toxic, and yet go to those white ones that you've learned. Forgiveness, love, letting it go, being free, thinking independently of yeah. yourself. The problem yourself is those just take a lot more effort. Which is okay because the reward is greater as well, but they can be harder in the moment. You know, it's easier to react with a red DT. I'm in complete agreement because we're all animals. But what you'll find as you send more down the white pathways, which is the greater neural pathway in my brain now, am I going to go down the red ones or the white ones? Yeah. And, you know, I'm 70 now. It's amazing if somebody cuts me off on the freeway and flips me off and swears at me, I don't have to go have a chat with him anymore. Right. <laughs> you don't have to go follow him. I, I may just have to say, dude, hey, dude, I'm sorry. I, I love you, man. I'm sorry, yeah. dude. I'm not going to let this. Why in the world would I let some 35-year-old guy mad at me ruin my moment? So. The deer trail down the white path keeps sending the deer down the... Everything the religion has say, they say, go to church, read your scripture, pray. What are you doing when you're doing that? You're sending deer down that white path and developing a deeper neural pathway of white. Others said, no, you don't need to go. Let's go. Let's go party night. Let's go to the... Let's go this. Let's go to the bar. Let's go this. Let's go mess up party. Da, 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 da. Okay. You can still party, but are you doing white partying or are you doing red partying? Because if you're doing red and it's all, well, she does this. How many times do you sit down at the bar and they go, well, not my wife and my husband. And they go over and over and over. How horrible he is. How horrible she is. My... This guy worked today. He, and it's okay. But the focus on the negativity, that's what psychology has done for years. We focus, what's the pathology here? We got to look at that pathology. And the more you look at it, what are you doing? You're sending deer down the trail. But when you say, wait, that's what we do. But instead of going down that path, let's go down this white DT, this new pathway of, yeah, I don't have to let that mess with me. I can learn this agency. I can learn to love people. I can learn to actually think for myself right you did it at two the first time you said no or mine mine mommy and then we lose it and then in its adolescence we go through it again i'm breaking free my mom and dad can't tell me what to do <sighs> but that girlfriend can and my friend can and the world can and money can <laughs> and then eventually we hopefully we're going to say wait i did it as a young child i did this in adolescence i did this as a young adult now i can actually think for myself be kinder loving towards myself and what's the great 
What's the greatest law anyway? Love. Who? God and your neighbor. And, and yourself. yourself. You can't forget all three. Some people do too. They get neighbor and God. They forget that some people themselves, they forget the neighbor and God. It's yeah. all three. It's what's a great commandment. Well, there was ten, but the best one is love yourself. Yeah. Love your neighbors. Love God. And watch. If that happened, I'd be out of business. I know. It should happen. So that's about it. All right. Okay. okay. Thank okay. you for listening. Have a good day, guys. Yeah. Okay.